Guardians MH podcast. My name is Sentinel Dad, also known as Alex, and with me as always is Dr. Go Q and Average Joe. What's up, dudes? What's up, hey, everyone? What's new with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, same old, same old. We also have with us um, our guest this week is Mr. Dan Drumstead. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, thank you, dude. We are. I, I was so excited. Uh, you're not someone I have like really conversed with in, uh, until today. So, but I, I've known of you for a moment or two. So, yeah, I'm very excited to finally um, put a name with the um, with the internet persona. Yeah, that's what's kind of <laughs> cool about like the Destiny community. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, more so than other ones for me at least. It's like we all kind of know each other, but like especially going to like conventions or you play with each other online. You're like, Oh, I yeah. know who you are. Cause yeah. yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a very recognizable name or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really funny when like, you know, someone, especially if it's someone that, that you game with and like you all, the only reference you have is the sound of their voice. Yeah. Um, like one of my dearest best friends is someone I met through gaming and um, he and I had a mutual friend. They were getting married down here in Atlanta uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, he got invited to it too. And so he came out and I was, I was so excited to meet him. The exact opposite of what I thought this guy would look like. like <laughs> I thought he was like five foot four, weird. He's like six, th- four, six, five, huge guy, like clean shaven, like yeah. from Louisiana. So I, I had this picture in my head of what he would look like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a backwoods, like swamp guy or something <laughs> oh he washes himself with a rag on a stick like i know yeah. that's awesome <laughs> well awesome we're super glad that you're here um for those that don't um know you or know you well um why you, can you give us like some information on you like how you fit into the destiny community um like what 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 kind of art do you do and just kind of give give us a feel who is dan drumstone yeah, um, I've been a professional drummer by trade uh, for about 16 years, and I got into Destiny, man, is it five years ago now that it came out? Yeah. Is it almost five, or is it over five? Probably. We started year six. Wow. Okay, so yeah, I started playing Destiny after a, a pretty long hiatus of like video games. I played like Skyrim and a couple games here and there. Uh, but I got just hooked on Destiny uh, and started playing with people online. Like I didn't really do that bef- at all before Destiny. So uh, yeah, just kind of dove headfirst into the community uh, and discovered Twitch through that and started streaming about three years ago, uh, drumming on Twitch. Uh, and since then just kind of fell in love with streaming and the community both destiny and the music community and now it's like past that like i think there's so many good people doing good things on on twitch and so what or in the internet all that stuff with charities and stuff so that's kind of me in a nutshell i I play drums a lot (laughs) right so i mean like when people think twitch mixer etc um they, they think video games yeah um but you definitely focus on streaming uh, uh live music right what's the live music community like on platforms like twitch is it like a close-knit community uh, i mean like how i mean like what 
what what gave the idea to take your musical art form and 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 incorporate incorporate that into live streaming? Yeah, I I kind of had all the stuff to do it, and I've been teaching for about fifteen sixteen years too. Um, so I wanted to do like that kind of thing on Twitch, you know, like playing music, you know, drumming along to songs and, but also kind of the education stuff. Uh, I just thought it like for me personally, it'd be fun. Uh, but the music community on Twitch in comparison to like something like destiny or, you know, a major big game. Cause I still think of Twitch as gaming, you know, at heart. Cause that's, you know, I watch a lot of destiny stuff. But the music community on Twitch is is pretty pretty darn special. Like it's, I, I haven't seen anything kind of like it, except for maybe the Destiny community. But there's some really talented people on Twitch doing music. Uh, so much so that it's like better than what you're gonna go see like <laughs> live nowadays. You know, like the production quality people can put into their streams uh, for music and presentation on a daily basis is just nuts. Uh, and the, the viewers, uh, the people that kind of, well, I, I think of them like an audience, I guess, you know, from the musician standpoint, but there's something special where Twitch music is definitely like a, a very special thing. Mixer has, has a really cool music community too. Um, like Lady Desiree, she moved there in the early part of the year and Loved that's growing over there. Years. So oh, yeah. yeah, like music, music, live streaming music is becoming a really kind of special thing. I don't know, but I mean, Twitch is and all those, they're still gaming. Like <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, but there's all these little cool pockets that you know, sometimes you don't want to watch a game. You're, you can really kind of gravitate and communicate with these artists. Um, it's kind of like a live show, but you can talk to them in between songs or, you know, be really connected to the performer. And that's, that's pretty cool. So that's special. That's, that's something really special that you can, yeah. you have that, that ability to interact with them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you said, in between songs and just, communicate and then the community that builds around them while they're you know doing their craft uh you know uh interacting with the people in the chat is also a great experience too i mean yeah. relationships have been built you know through that and it's yeah. really something special yeah and i always tell you know people like there's some musicians on here that like i said are super talented and I'm like, you don't understand, like people can watch it for free. You know, I'm like, you're getting like one of the, like <laughs> there's, you know, classically trained people on here performing daily, or you're watching a piano player that can play literally anything, you know, at the drop of a hat. And it's like, you're able to just be in that space with that person where if you were, you know, 10 years ago, you'd have to pay big money to go see something like that. You know, so the access uh, entertainment wise to music on a live streaming platform is crazy. And even bands now that are coming on to Twitch, like I grew, like we joked about Warp Tour and stuff. Like, I mean, I've done Warp Tour like so many times and touring and all that. It's so tiring and it's a lot of work. But now I if I was in a band now, I'd be like, guys, let's just like set up a big room, a big studio and let's just do our gigs, you know. 
it's a different way to approach it now. And you can reach so many people. Um, so with like original music, you know, it's not just like, Hey, check out my mixtape, you know, like go to parking lots and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's given these, uh, really talented. That was old school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like these original artists that are coming on Twitch, uh, to really show like their music and, and you're seeing these artists grow on Twitch with, you know, kind of worldwide followings. It's really special. It's really cool. It's neat to watch and what it's going to grow into. I'm, I'm excited about it in the future. That's you know, awesome. I'm, so I'm not singing or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see some of these people, how I don't, it would have been a lot harder for them to get a footing in the music business if it wasn't for Twitch. I mean, you obviously have had a passion for music for that art form for a long mm -hmm. time. And like, you've been playing for so long. So like when, when you're in your formative years, when you were younger and like, what, I, what was like the magic moment? Like, this is my thing. Like, was there, <laughs> what was there like one song or like one type of music that, that you're like, this is me and I'm gonna be about this. Like what, what, yeah. what, what, what was that moment for you? Uh, there's a university here in Northeast Pennsylvania called Mansfield University. You've probably heard of it. I went there for a year because after high school, I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll be a teacher. <laughs> so I went to college and Fuel, if you guys remember the band Fuel, oh, yeah. uh, they used to play locally. I used to go see them all the time here in clubs. Uh, as a, as a I pub. Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, dude. <laughs> They're locals from around here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Fuel came to Mansfield uh, on their like hemorrhage tour, that big uh, mm -hmm. event. And I helped set up like the night before and, you know, with sound check, I volunteered, you know, like the student body. You could be like, hey, you want to carry, you know, guitars or whatever. And they were sound checking. And that night I was just like at the, the stage, like, like with my head poking up watching sound check and the drummer kind of recognized me as like, I was around a lot in high school, just the clubs. He's like, Hey, yeah, come on up, come on up. So he let me uh, sit down and play while they were doing like a little break, you know, it's all mic'd up in the big, you know, arena kind of style thing. And I'm like losing my head. And I'm going all crazy. Just relax, just relax. You know, I'm, I'm all nervous and playing fast. And then the guitar player, Carl, came back out and started playing. So I was playing with him. And then Jeff, the bass player, came out and started playing. And then Brett came on and he's like, you want to do a song? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, geeking out. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, do you know Hemorrhage? I'm like, huh? Do so I? I played Hemorrhage like with, few, yes, I know it. Like on like just a huge sound system. And I just remember being like, I want to, I like, you know, I walked away. I'm like, I have to do that again. This is like insane. And I, that was kind of the moment I did. I finished a year there and then moved out to LA pretty quick what an experience. That's yeah. a hell of an experience right there to have. Cause you're like where, where I grew up, like music isn't something where you're like, Oh yeah, that, that's an option. Like my parents were super <laughs> cool, but you know, in the country, it's not a thing that you, you did for recreation. I mean, you yeah. never really, it, mm -hmm. it wasn't going to bring you anywhere being yeah. in a rural town. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but. that was the moment, <laughs> I think. Awesome. Um, well, fantastic. We're super glad that you are here. Um, 
and we're excited to finally have you on and um, mm-hmm. uh, have you on our show. Uh, normally, I jump, we jump immediately to a show summary, talk about what we're going to talk about, but elephant in the room, we have a podcast name change. <laughs> there, there's a reason behind it. Uh, we are now the MH podcast. The RSS feed is still the same, so you can still access all of our old episodes. The reason for that, um, you know, uh, when Joe and I got together about three years ago, um, you know, we um, we decided we wanted to do uh, like a stream for mental health, and as a lot of people know, that evolved into oh, let's let's do more than one stream a year kind of thing, and then it, that evolved into let's have a a community for mental health awareness and have a place where people can can talk and destigmatize and be okay or convey that we believe everyone has the right to talk about when they're not. Um, that has evolved into, as if you've been following us on Twitter and Instagram, you know, recently we announced that we are an official 501c3 nonprofit. Um, so that was the name change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe spent many, many, many phone calls <laughs> with the some one of the uh, governmental entities when we were establishing our name change, like mm-hmm. always, we were first the same fourteen project, and then we moved to Project Guardians to be more inclusive to other communities, um, you know, and we moved to uh, this to really convey, you know, we are for everyone, we welcome everyone in, um, we're here about mental health awareness, we're not a substitute for professional care. But we are here to promote that it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to ask for help. Um, everyone has their right. We don't we don't uh, prejudice against uh, color, creed, gender, gender identity, sexual identity, anything. You know, this is for everyone. We don't care how much money you you do or don't have. Um, you know, we we're here for you, um, and we want to provide the right resources to you. Um, but you know, that, that was kind of behind why we established it as a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, we are now a cause on, uh, Tiltify. We're going to have some more information coming out cause we're going to have our first benefits stream as our own nonprofit mm. on, um, uh, November the 16th. So stay tuned. Uh, we're putting together as, uh, our schedule. So you'll be seeing that on our socials. Um, Joe, is there anything you wanted to say? Uh, we also have a Patreon up and uh, we, the amount of effort and time that went into uh, bringing the mental health group to where we are now with a 501 C three is just the immense amount of passion and drive and uh, just dedication to the communities, especially the gaming streaming community. And really it's, it's all about making, resources you know easily accessible doesn't matter you know we we will do everything we possibly can to help you and also uh creating a uh, safe space and just an overall better wellness for the gaming streaming community as a whole and that's doesn't matter if you're a viewer streamer you know content creator or an average joe just playing xbox twice a week you know it doesn't matter you know we are here for you and as we grow uh, we just welcome everybody you know to 
help us on the way and be a part of it. And you're awesome. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Exactly. And um, Dr. Goku, I mean, you, when we first met you, you were a, 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 a doctoral candidate. So like this texting online format has kind of like hit you at the start of your uh, residency after you got your PhD. Yeah. I, I started here. I think I was during my internship. Yeah. I was, I was in my internship prior to me graduating, completing my thesis. I did help you guys build everything and have been a part of the growth of changes of the organization time that kind of exceeded all of my expectations as to what it would have become and i can't wait to see where it'll go as well we have a lot of things coming up coming up in the pipeline hopefully we can get those things fleshed out more but i think we we have something special here that a lot of people can really benefit from Awesome. Thank you. And, you know, I'll reiterate what Joe said, you know, we couldn't do it without the community behind us. Awesome people mm-hmm. like our guests, uh, Dan, Dan, the man. <laughs> no, uh, congrats guys. Like you were talking earlier, like getting that, you know, poof, that nonprofit stuff, like you could probably like establish a church a lot easier or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're not wrong. The paperwork yeah. was a lot. Well, if it was, for the if churches. It, if yeah. it was a church, Joe could write off his house as a parsonage. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, we just figured it was worth mentioning since we are no longer branded as the same 14 project, uh, random uh, change of stuff. But mm-hmm. on with our show, um, our mental health topic tonight, um, both suggested by our guest, Dan, uh, our mental health topic is going to be on mental focus. Um, it's going to be more of a, an abstract topic, which we, uh, we, we very much enjoy those. And our character analysis is going to be on a character I've never seen on screen. Uh, John <gasps> never seen John you Wick. Need, you need to watch the movies. He's, yeah. he's still Bill in an excellent adventure. <laughs> in a no, no trust, but you, you need to, after you'll, you'll hear this, you'll, it doesn't describe how visually impressive. Yeah the movies are he is an impressive actor alone and the way he played this character is amazing because he's known as an actor that that, but also just the fact that most actors for action scenes do like upwards of like six or seven moves he was doing upwards of 17 18 moves before they were hitting cut and then they were taking a break and then resetting up and going into the next action scene uh, or continuing it. But if you want to see just how disturbingly good for, you know, or how dedicated the actor was to play John Wick, look up the YouTube video of Keanu Reeves on the gun range training. Yeah, it's incredible. He will put, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Anybody to shame. And it's only like, a minute long and he's just going through the course and it's literally he is grabbing live ammo he, and everything. Yep. Live ammo, different, you know, shooting situations and multiple different weapons that are unloaded that he had to like quick load and go through like dude, it's 
one of the most amazing things I've I've seen. Yes, yeah. he's like the movie is almost it, it's it's gun porn in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. In a way, to, to put it lightly, in terms of the way it's shot. Yeah. It, it is, is amazing. Why does it tickle me so much with you saying that? Uh, <laughs> of all the people, yeah, <laughs> he's kind of like like Batman. I don't know, like that's how I compared like John Wick, like that, like I don't well, know. Well, he's Baba Yaga. Yeah, yeah. So His good. fighting style and like <laughs> in groups and everything, he is very like like Batman. But I love mm-hmm. just the popularity of the character so much so that there are memes now of the Avengers getting John Wick to go after like <laughs> Thanos and him <laughs> bouncing because John Wick's there. Like it's He's just becoming incredible. the new Chuck Norris. Yeah, as as he should be, and he likes dogs. So mm-hmm. yeah, win <laughs> in my book. All of this started because of a dog mm-hmm. exactly and you'll uh, you'll hear during that that analysis um right on well goku dr goku why don't you take us away with our uh, mental health topic uh, so the mental health topic it, it is a topic that's rather broad um but something i wanted to touch on with regards to motivation or focus uh, is I'm going to go a little bit more uh, luxury or not too much, I hope, but in terms of the self-determination theory. So it's, it's coined by Desi and Ryan in terms of how they view people, how they view uh, humans and how we uh, try to interact and move through the world. So we know that um, humans try to go through the world to meet um, either core beliefs or core needs. And all of those go through what they identified as as three things that are essential to a person. So in terms of optimal function and growth, it'd be competence, relatedness, and autonomy. So those are the three needs that they identified. Competence is to seek, um, seek to control the outcome and experience mastery. Relatedness is the will to interact with, be connected to, and experience caring for others. And autonomy is the desire to uh, be causal agents in one's own life and act in harmony with one's integrated self. Uh, there's been some questions uh, regarding that one, but it kind of holds true. With regards to motivation, they identify two. There are intrinsic motivations and extrinsic motivations, and that's key to everyone. Our motivations are either something that we are driven by an inner need or an external source. So the question we can ask for a lot of people is your job. Why do you go to work? So I'll ask the question for you guys. Why do you go to work? Provide. Money. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Got to pay the bills. 
So is that internal or external? External? Mm -hmm. Because it's not so, my personal choice to want to wake up at like 4.30 <laughs> in the morning and go to work. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would much rather stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning and wake up at 11 o'clock, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's the external motivation. So I go to work because it gives me something. Right. Which is money. An internal motivation is I do something not because it gives me something on the outside, but because it gives me something on the inside. So I mean, people that say does does normally like in uh, one or the other proceed. Like does it depends the, on your it, outlook, right? Uh, a lot of people can view it in terms of the difference between a job and a career. Yeah, right. I a job you. is purely. It's purely external, whereas a career can be viewed as something that has that internal intrinsic value of why did you pick that job or that career? Why are you doing what you are doing? Gotcha. So those are forms of motivation. With regards to people, motivation is everything. It it goes through that channel that I've talked previously in terms of why we behave the way we do. So if I have an external motivation to go to work, that external motivation generates thoughts in terms of if I go to work, I'll make money and I can provide for my family. If I decide not to go to work, well, that generates a thought of, well, I'm not going to go and that generates what's going to happen if I don't. That generates a negative emotion of worry or stress or concern of what's going to happen. That again drives a behavior. We need to look at people in a way of not just why they're behaving a certain way, but what is driving the behavior. So it's something called the difference between a top-down versus a bottom-up approach. A top-down is we just look at the behavior and we judge people on the behaviors. Not saying that we can just do anything we want, but a bottom-up looks at the motivation or the, the reason why we behave a certain way. And that tells us a lot more about a person. I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going a little, little nerdy there, aren't I? <laughs> no, it's cool. So self-determination theory is a, a really interesting way we can look at people. And there are theories on uh, multiple things. Uh, one we had talked about is goal setting a lot of people try to set goals and a lot of people fail with their goals uh, i know i've talked about this in the past but for your understanding why do people fail to meet their goals i always assume laziness you know like that's my first thought i guess mm -hmm. fear that of can be failure. a way of looking at that could I, be another one. 
I think I think uh, more often than not, uh, this is just me throwing it out there that people tend to put unrealistic expectations on themselves for goals. So I mean, like I I fully believe shooting for the moon, and uh, but I think a lot of times realistic goals are far and few between for some people. Mm-hmm. It harkens to the New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. On New Year's Eve, people are so motivated. This year is going to be my year. I'm going to change X, Y, or Z, which is a great thing to have. Problem within it is how much are you trying to change within your life? And what impact is that going to have on your life? So if you're someone that never goes to the gym and you say that come January 1st, I will go to the gym four to five times a week. I will eat healthy, no more fast foods. And you're making this, these big sweeping changes. How long before the gym just gets pushed behind or you return to your old eating habits? I'm surprised how fast that could happen. It can take a week, two. Some people maybe go to three or or a month. I know somebody that, a dear friend of mine, that would go to the gym, rock out an elliptical for an hour, and then go to Burger King right after. Nice. (laughs) So... I didn't do that for that long. I didn't do that long. (laughs) So the reason why is a lot of people set those unrealistic expectations and they're making these big sweeping changes. And when they're not getting the results or their body is fighting back, you get unmotivated or demotivated. One thing as well is looking at why we're making a change. Is it a external or internal motivation for it? An external motivation of going to the gym is, okay, I want to go to the gym because I want to look better. Purely the aesthetic of it. Where That's bizarre. Is, is, that, is that whereas the internal is like, I want to be healthy and live a long I want to be healthy. Life. I want to have a healthy life. I want to be there for my family. Which one do you believe has a greater chance of success? The internal, of course. Yeah. But if we're having the same, that same internal, but we're creating unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, we're still going to fail. Right. Making small incremental changes will lead to a lifetime of a different behavior rather than a smaller version of it. Change in behavior can take two months before it starts to become a habit. Humans are creatures of a habit. We don't like change. Big sweeping changes is even more difficult. So if you're someone that never goes to the gym, rather than saying, I'm going to go to the gym four to five times a week and I'm going to do X and Z, just set a goal to, all right, from now on, I'm going to go two times a week for 15-minute walks. If you want to be an overachiever and do more, go 
right ahead. But at least you're setting goals that you can achieve and you keep yourself motivated. That's why one of the reasons why games keeps us games keep us engrossed. There's a concept called gamification where we always get rewarded with a, with something. <laughs> the loot. There's always that next level <laughs> or that next upgrade. It's an external motivation, but it makes us feel like we're making progress. Are you just like sneakily describing Destiny players? <laughs> Pretty Sorry. much any game. <laughs> Hesitation means yes. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but pretty much any game or be any X based game that you get a reward out of it is that type of motivation. Yeah. Well, really, almost any game is rewarding in its own sense. I mean, even the old school, like, uh, I don't want to say go back to like the original, like, Warcraft or Age of Empires. But also like the the shooters, Doom, Bioshock, beating that next level boss where you're not getting loot. You literally have like four guns for the thing. You know, the original Doom had like three guns. At, but beating that boss, beating the game, it had its own rewards because how many times you're getting just, to the next level? Right. But how many times just out of us four right here have you experienced a game where you played? And you were hung up on one spot particular and you, you stepped away from it, came back after, you know, the next morning, after a nap, after you got something to eat, you sat down. And as soon as you turn it back on, you just stomp that, that encounter or whatnot and get past it like, like that. And you were stuck on it for like two hours before. And it was like, how, how satisfying is, was that? It was dark souls for me. <laughs> that, that, that was dark, dark souls, souls is a great me. example. That was the original Wolfenstein 3D for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but those are all external sources of motivation because it, it gives you that sense of accomplishment. And whether we want it or not, humans are externally driven. Mm -hmm. as, as much as we want to say, oh, I have that internal motivation to do something, you have that external motivation. You can say, oh, I go to work because I love my job and I make a difference. But you're still going for the paycheck. It's true. It's true. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Even if you have that external motivation, having the internal one as a byproduct is even better, which leads to more fulfillment or satisfaction at work. Yeah. For, I was, I was just curious, like for me, like I know, like being a musician, I know all kinds of people with different motivations, I guess. Uh, some is it's all money. And then some, I think of us that choose to do music, like there's no, you know, uh, like guaranteed like longevity in a gig or like a job and all that like for for me a lot of it is like i really don't look at money i guess like i do like because obviously we have more money pays the bills stuff. yeah yeah and i've always tried to steer my my you know what i work on and and all that but 
you know, there's some people that I know that play music like that live in their cars, <laughs> you know, they're like the best players and they love it to death and they could care less about, you know, what they make it. I, I find it interesting. It's really cool. It's a neat topic mm-hmm. to talk about. It, and it varies from person to person for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were, as we were introducing you to our audience, Dan, you, you, you were talking about like, you know, it, it's not normal to grow up in a family where like, oh yeah, go, go be a professional drummer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% guaranteed you will be successful. <laughs> I mean, like for you, that happened to be the case. Yeah. But like for, in regards to our topic tonight, like what, like for you and you've achieved success, like what, what, what did you focus on? Like what, what, what kept you going through all those years of like trying to well, that, when you were career? Yeah. Well that when you were talking like external motivations, like I would always tell students like musicians are very selfish people in like, we always try to get to that one step to be able to play that one thing or to do that gig or to be able to do this thing. And when we get it, we're always on to the next, like we're, yeah always searching for that trying to best ourselves kind of thing um but to piggyback on that if a new student says i'm never going to be satisfied until i play in front of a crowd of a hundred thousand people they're going to get a really bummed out from (laughs) every single gig that they have yeah it's so true it's so true yeah it's the same way we see with uh new and up and coming streamers that say oh i want to be the the next um shroud or ninja (laughs) when they just have like one or ten viewers and they get frustrated and they spend 16 hour days to make the career rather than look at building it over time yeah i mean that 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 kind of goes goes into our last episode when we talked about self-care for content creators when we had our friend aiden came on and he like came right out and said like if if you're you're thinking about just dropping everything and like going to make twitch mix or whatever streaming service your career stop do not like take your take your time and focus on what you need if that's what you want to do set realistic goals and move forward carefully yeah. Same um, thing when uh, Bife came on, uh, when we yeah. talked about, you know, content creator burnout with him as well. And dude, same lines, you know? Yeah. There's so many parallels. Mm. Like, like for me, like I've been doing music for a long time. So when I came into streaming, I didn't really feel that like, like, like I really don't like, stress over numbers and stuff on as far as like the streaming aspect of it is. I think it's because, you know, early in my twenties, you know, with bands, it's like, we're stressing out about tour dates and selling Mm -hmm. out if we can sell enough copies or what, like I've been through all that and had all that, like just, you know, and there's highs, there's so many highs and lows. So, you know, to kind of have been through that roller coaster in a field that's, I just see it with so many streamers. Cause like you said, drop everything and be a streamer. I know so many people that are like, I'm going to drop everything and go be an actor. It's like, 
<laughs> you know, like you could. <laughs> you, you know, uh, it's, you, instead you of saying could, like, well, you know what happened was, you'd be like, well, you know what's going to happen is. Yeah, and I don't want to be that person either because so many I, people did that to me when I did. You know, my my parents never did anything like that, but I had other family members or friends of mine, they're like, you're going to go to LA to be a drummer. Like, all right, we'll see you in a month. Like, you know, everyone thought I was going to mm-hmm. come back. And so there's so many interesting parallels that I, I see people go through like, you know, on Twitter worrying about numbers or stuff. And I'm like, it's okay. It's, it's true. Not- I mean, <laughs> you don't want to be that person that essentially just shoots down somebody's dream. I mean, if somebody is truly driven, passionate, and dedicated to whatever craft or wherever they put their heart and mind to, who 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 am I to go? Listen, that's never going to work for you. How about you fill out that application for Target already and start making some money and get that apartment for three hundred dollars? That's like Mm -hmm. a slump. No, or it's important to to foster that. Yeah, exactly. However, it's still important to look at the realistic aspect of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, Dr. Goku, you spent almost a decade in school and you've talked about it. Or more. Before. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we, we won't even talk about the student debt. But um, He loves talking about that, though. I, I know he does. That's why I'm not trying to feed into his ego. I'm just kidding. He doesn't have an ego. Uh, but... But getting back, Doctor, you spent like a decade in school, and you've talked about it in the past. So I'll, I'll <laughs> share it. Like you, you, you struggled with anxiety, and like that's mm-hmm. kind of what uh, brought your mental focus into pursuing psychology, pursuing um, uh, therapy. Um, so like, mm-hmm. what? Where was your head at? Like, in order to achieve your at your realistic goals at the time so it was twofold one i had the overarching goal that i'm still striving for and that i still need to do a few things to become a licensed psychologist so that was kind of the overarching goal but i had my daily weekly monthly and term goals in terms of I need to finish this research paper. I need to finish reading this research article. I need to finish this chapter in a book so I can study for this particular exam. I need to heat up this ramen. Exactly. (laughs) Or craft dinner. (laughs) If you're always looking at the end goal, you're going to get demotivated and want to quit. And I see that with my students at uh, the university I work with, they get so hung up, so worried and stressed about the future and everything that they have to do rather than focusing on the moment and the day-to-day things. And it's hard to do. Well, yeah, I mean, right. yeah, no, it's, I, I, you know, and you, you can take that model and apply that to just about anything. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you 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 should set a long term goal, but like, there needs to be short term goals. And you know, and, and even when it gets hard, you know, you gotta take it one day at a time. And sometimes when it gets hard, it's one minute or one second at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I come back to self care often, but if you don't put self care as a priority, 
even though you're working towards a goal, you're going to burn out and not even achieve that goal. Yeah. I mean, that, that was me at one point, uh, in LA, like I was gigging, I worked like night shifts from like, God, like 11 to like seven in the morning. And then I'd sleep for an hour and then have rehearsals and practice and gigs and then go work at like a grocery store. You know, it's expensive to live in LA and I wasn't making a ton of money at the time. And, uh, just someone I know out there after like eight, 10 months of doing this was just like basically ready to slap me out of it and be like, you, <laughs> you need to look not like, like death. <laughs> I was shaking. He's like, hold out your sticks. And when you, you know, when you hold out anything, whatever movement you make here is magnified at the other end. Right. Just yeah. your arm gets longer. My sticks were like, <laughs> he's like, you're like a mess. <laughs> like, I was taking like, like first year, Harry Potter at yeah, Hogwarts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's like, you're not sleeping. You're, you're sounding and playing like crap, you know, but you had to like, I don't know. It's pretty nutty. What, what you go through. One thing I say to a lot of my, a lot of my clients is they get worried about the amount of work that they have to do, where it be with school, where it be at their job. And I know deadlines are important, but there's always going to be more work. You're never going to actually get ahead of your work. So if you don't pace yourself and you don't work smarter, you're going to burn out. Most corporations don't care about <laughs> your own health. If uh, um, Mary does four reports in two hours and then um, Kim does one report in four hours, what's going to happen to Kim is she's going to get another report and Mary's going to get four more. Yeah. So there, it creates that disparity. If you're producing more, then they will expect you to produce more, and you may not get the recognition of it. Yeah, that's very much so with, with streaming too. I see a lot of people just always feel the need to be on or doing something, you know? Right. Yeah. And in that regards. Yeah, we, we were also talking about that last episode, like our our disdain for like one streamer doing 24 or even like 12 hour streams like that is not ideal for <laughs> yeah. your health. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're sweating it, you know, like streaming, for example, and you're, you're doing, if you're trying to get partnered in this, that, and the other, you're, you're streaming 16 hour days, five or six days a week, like, yeah, you're, you that that is uh textbook uh foretelling that you you're gonna burn out <laughs> and like there there are gonna be symptoms from that burnout and it you know it, it can affect your health in serious ways mm -hmm. um but yeah um goku did you have anything else on this topic before we move on no i think we kind of covered all the bases on it <laughs> yeah i i like these uh lighthearted uh, mm. topics uh, for sure. Awesome. Well, why don't we uh, slip into some gaming news? Uh, 
What have we all been playing this week? Uh, Dan, other than your drums, what you been playing? <laughs> I play a little bit of Iron Banner. Just Destiny, really. That's pretty much the only game, sadly, that I've really played the last couple of years. We moved last summer and just kind of acclimating to a new area. But right. Destiny's kind of been my home base game uh, for the last couple of years. I've played other things. I played Breath of the Wild on the way to and from nice. TwitchCon this year, which was a really- good game. Oh, man. Really game. It, it, it <laughs> took me awesome. like... It took me like a few hours of playing to like really get into it. I, I think like once you get the glider, like you're like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, this game is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's horrible. Huge. <laughs> huge. It's crazy. Right on. Um, but yeah, just 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 Destiny recently. So I I've never played Destiny with you. Um, what what uh, what's your class? Hunter, Night Stalker. At least it's not a warlock. <laughs> hey, oh, rag on my warlock. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's okay. We 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 always need people to save us. Type. <laughs> um, Doc Goku, what you been playing? I I assume Shadow Keep. I've been playing a lot of Shadow Keep. Um, <laughs> You're gonna see a trend here on that yeah. crispy new PC. We need yeah. a new monitor though. Yeah, and a lot of tinkering on PC. Yeah. Once you've been out of PC for a long time, you forget how much tinkering. Oh, you yeah. need to do on PCs. I gotta get everything to work just right. I used to exclusively just be a PC gamer, um, and then like I started having kids, and like life kind of happened, so I kind of slowed down my gaming, and then I uh, went over to console. And like when I, it just works. Yeah, dude. Like I, I love being a console player because <laughs> it just goes on. I'm also not a graphics snob either, but like when 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 I. Uh, finally got like a new uh, gaming PC rig and everything like it does take a little getting used to like all the tinkering you got to do for different games and uh, this that and the other in a, 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 especially with streaming you know it takes a lot of uh, orientation on your own mm-hmm. awesome um, what, what about you Joe hmm. <laughs> I have a question to ask Jump back into Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Uh, it's my Zen. <laughs> you try hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get that uh, Guinness Book World Record for speedrun. Uh, I'm almost there. Uh, I have to actually play the game to get it. But no, I've been. Uh, Shut up, Destiny fanboy. <laughs> I've been playing Shadow Keep like nonstop. I, I we actually uh, we just uh, did a big. Uh, recording on pixels on monday and invited a bunch of oh, people right, from the yeah. community to yeah. come on and talk about their experiences about different aspects of shadow keep and literally everybody's loving it i'm i'm loving it uh i think my power is just it's disturbing at this point i think it's like 960 but iron banner was a blast last week and this last night i grinded out comp this was the first time me going into comp intentionally on pc (laughs) which when doc was talking about the fine-tuning of his pc when we first started playing shadow keep together he was telling me what settings to put my pc to get the best loadout so he was feeding me information because i don't know anything the um well the word on the street that the circles i run at least that like comp is the playlist I mean, when it's not Iron Banner, comp is the playlist to be playing in right now. Dude, I will tell you what, between 
doing just regular quick play and comp, I I've always been a trials player. I love trials and mm-hmm. D one. Oh, I, I love played trials. the heck out of it. Win or lose, I had fun every mm-hmm. weekend. I would get stomped by the sweaties, and it didn't matter. I still had fun. But going into comp, it's just a better player you know pvp experience it's not as chaotic people just throwing random crud all around you it's it's like mayhem that that's that that's a a a pvp multiplayer gaming trend right now um you know i i not hardcore but from time to time i get the itch to play rainbow six siege and it is the exact same thing over there if you're going into their version of quick play it's it's awful it's absolutely terrible but their comp is just so much. The players are more careful with their moves. There, it, it's tacticals mm-hmm. a, a corny word to say, but you know it, everything just um, it flows correctly and it's more enjoyable experience. Yeah, the the map's not as you know it's not six v six. I mean we've been playing survival. Last night we grinded. My glory was in a uh, score eighty. By the time I logged off, we got my just my glory, uh, not counting you know the other two guys. I was up to thirty-one twenty-eight glory mm-hmm. in one night. So we were just wrecking last night. It was it was a blast. But I've been playing that, and uh, I'm trying getting back into the raid. I got to get that clear still. Uh, it's a gorgeous raid. I, I love everything about this. Is it frustrating? Or, Not is it, at all. Or, or is it really enjoyable? It actually is really enjoyable. And I love... Is it Vogue or Wrath of the Machine? I wouldn't say it's Vault of Glass. Uh, it's kind of like a blend between like the King's Falls mechanics. And actually, no. It's more on par with like Leviathan Raids mechanics and like Wrath of the Machine, the way the yeah, encounters go. But it's just so unique because, well, actually, I love how somebody on Twitter put it. The first encounter is labeled tethers or tether. The next one's baseball. Then it's, uh, oh, gosh, what was the other one? Uh, (laughs) It was like tag or something. And then the final encounter was all of it mixed together. So people are like uh, associating it with, you you know, IRL things that, kind of resemble that action but dude the encounters the mechanics are not super difficult they're a lot of fun i love the first encounter but it's like you're chasing the boss through the encounter you're not like sitting planted in a room and you're fighting the boss and you're doing the mechanics around it you're the two out of four encounters you're actually moving to like get to a final spot to not even fight the boss you're just trying to get out that direction and like it's just the skybox is gorgeous and just the encounter it's just a lot of fun awesome. if you haven't experienced yet i would I, definitely I'll tell you the leviathan is the only raid i've done in destiny 2 don't do spire you'll you'll have to go through <laughs> council <laughs> i love everybody that that worked on it and everything if you love it i'm sorry you know but that that raid to me was a one and done because there was no way I was going to go through that again. Uh, that was just too much. I think, I think I attempted that with a bunch of our, some of our old comrades from our old destiny one clan. Uh, I don't think we 
finished it. So I think I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. I mean, there's definitely a few, this is probably my favorite raid for D2 raids. This one, then it goes to like crown of sorrows and then world eater. And dude, those raids right there, those three freaking perfect. I absolutely awesome. love them. But the awesome. new dungeon comes out next week, so I'm wicked excited for that. That's right. Awesome. Wait for that. Yeah, I'm pumped to go into that. Fantastic. Yeah, I have been. Uh, I've been continuing with the uh, hype from Frontier Games. I've been continuing playing Elite Dangerous. Uh, I saw your shirt. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome shirt. Love Redbubble. Any video game, there's a shirt on Redbubble.com. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, with my, my my dear friend I spoke of earlier kind of really got me into Elite Dangerous and I actually got a free copy um, uh, courtesy of Stack Up. And But it is, it's a fun game. There's no missions. You just do whatever the hell you want and it's great. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I, and I have a bunch of like in-game credits so I can buy these awesome ships now. And so we just uh, squad up and we, we find a star to go to and we just find all the bandits and go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I've been having a, a lot of fun with that. A uh, little bit of Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and I'm uh, I love the horror genre. So this is a great time of year, and I'm a sucker for the Sony deals that they come out. So I picked up um, I picked up Dead Island. I picked which I had, which I had on 360. So I was like, oh, Dead Island Definitive Edition, seven dollars. Yes, sirree, I got you. Uh, so I picked up that Doom and uh, Wolf Assigned to the New Colossus. Have you played Doom yet? I, I played the demo, so okay. I knew I was going to like it. I mean, I grew up. Excuse me, I grew up on ID Software, Quake, Doom, all that. Oh movie. yeah. So, um, uh, Doom twenty sixteen is it, it was well, it, um, fresh it, air. It it got some awards too. Like there, there yeah. there's it's there's a, a phenomenal game. Yeah, you could um, label like if you could make a game out of insanity. It would be that game. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's um, so fast paced. And, and so I actually earlier today, I was uh, playing uh, the Wolfenstein sequel that I just bought. I'm enjoying it. Love it. Um, but yeah, you guys going to play I Call play of Duty? No. Play? No. Uh, no it, it looks I, interesting. It looks they, interesting. They have a bunch of new features. Uh, they added cross play, yeah. Yeah. which it, is interesting. It's too codish for me, and everyone knows I'm a complete Battlefield fanboy. Uh, I haven't played Call of Duty since like the Black Ops Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> I played yeah. the crap out of Modern Warfare, but I j- I got a copy of the new Call of Duty with a computer thing that I ordered. So I was like, eh, try that. It kind of looks. People actually just to play the campaign. A lot. Just you know, just <laughs> I love that campaign back in the day. Like, oh yeah. I think the last Call of Duty was like Black Ops 2 for me. Yeah. And it went into the zombie mode. I used to love zombies. Yep. Playing that. Yeah. This one like lost me because it's not zombies. It's like zombies and creatures and monsters. Yeah. And, it got too like, weird. It's like, <laughs> what is this? And then get on the bus. <laughs> it's, at that point, you're just playing Killing Floor. <laughs> well, yeah. essentially. And then now, like the most recent one that came out last year. Uh, zombies was pretty much the campaign like it was like there was no campaign with the game but if you played zombies you traveled through time went to like the coliseum here and there like 
that it had more story than the actual game did. So I'm actually really curious to see uh, how well the new Modern Warfare comes out because it. I've read about it. It, it sounds great. Like they're kind of going back to their roots of how you know the franchise kind of started, and uh, I'm real excited. But I'll tell you what: the first time I started getting into competitive first-person shooter play it was on call of duty and i have never heard more salty players <laughs> in my life that, that uh, was the game that forced me to turn off group chat oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and the, the original like, modern warfare <laughs> yeah like i haven't like i just i never have a good multiplayer experience playing god i i can't get yelled at by a 13 year old i'm sorry it's just it <laughs> does not if, if you want to do that you can just hang out at your house and wait till your kid gets a couple years older <laughs> yeah and she could yell at me all she wants while we're playing <laughs> exactly um awesome well uh some gaming news um we will be disappointed are disappointed last of us two get it did get delayed a few months to may 2020 but uh i saw that today want to make it knowing, polished, i don't care knowing that studio i'm totally fine with that like it is you you take three extra months don't care you do that um yeah, but they already pushed it back a year didn't they like Is it that? was supposed to come out last year christmas time and they pushed it back an entire year and oh, now yeah, yeah, yeah. it's they're pushing it back to may now and i mean it's it's almost like getting fed along like that death stranding game if that, that comes out, coming out next month it does and finally i will this is like at this point, that game's almost like an internet troll in my eyes. <laughs> it really is because they've been hyping it for so long. And yes, he does make amazing games, but it's like this dude has the capability to just like when the date comes out, it's like it's just like him dancing in the suit. Like, <laughs> like it's it'll never come out. It's a myth and this and that. But once it does, that thing better get God of War type ratings and everything or i'm gonna be severely disappointed in that game for how much like hype. what was the last game he did before that was it metal gear solid five i yeah i think it yeah. was a metal gear that yeah he it was did metal last. gear solid five and, and which was a really good game but it was only a partial because he got removed from konami during mm. uh, metal gear solid five if i remember correctly that's right yeah yeah too much social media media activity is that <laughs> Well, Konami kind of scrapped everything to make Plinko machines. <laughs> hey, that's where the money is. <laughs> Think about Dak. <laughs> um, also, so Destiny 2 has their annual Halloween event coming up. Uh, isn't there a new gauntlet, Joe? Uh, new gauntlet-like activity? Yeah. Uh, actually, they're bringing back the... Uh, the Haunted Forest again, which is a piece of content that came back from... Uh, last year osiris uh curse of osiris so you're going to go in this uh yeah it was it was there last year and if you experienced it last year it's coming back again with a few different iterations so you're going to have roughly uh 15 minutes to go through this uh this encounter where the platforms are going to change and you're going to essentially kill bosses to get to final bosses and you're going to get rewards from it and this year with uh the rewards uh last year i believe they had the horror story auto rifle this year i think it's an, a a machine gun that they're giving out so and it's going to come fully uh 
fully masterworked and everything like that. And oh, wow. really curious to see, but I love the costumes that they have for this year. Usually it's like a paper mask and mm-hmm. you run around like, you know, the Cryptarch or this and that they have those this year. Again, they got like five or six of them. Uh, but this year they actually did full, instead of like doing like an Eververse armor set, they have like a, like armor ornament set that like dresses you like a Halloween skeleton. So it's all like neon, like yellow or green or whatnot to go over your, your guardian's armor, which looks wicked cool. And I've always loved the Halloween event that Bungie does when they dress, they really go all out with dressing up the tower. Uh, They got a nice haunted tree this year. There's pumpkins and uh, candles all over the place. The eerie music. I mean, it's, it's really uh it's going to be a good time and it drops the same time i believe as the new dungeon so oh wow perfect oh that's going to be fun good timing um (laughs) awesome uh not gaming related but nerd related um nerdum most uh most you know um i'm a i'm a big fan of comics and one of my favorite comics was made a movie years ago, and I thought it was terrible, but it is now a series on HBO, The Watchmen, and it ah. was, I watched the first episode, and it was amazing. Uh, Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, Jeremy Irons is uh, great as the antagonist. I am uh, I'm really excited. It's, uh, it's good so far. I don't know if anyone else it's watch it. I'm trying. I watched it. It was good, and I saw like where it's going to try and lead, and it seems like they're they're focusing on that one character and their experience in this universe. And then mm-hmm. as the season progresses and like the next season, they're going to move on to another character. Right. But this is, uh, it's a powerful first episode for sure. Right. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that dystopian esque um, setting. And it's, it's a really neat take and it focuses on, how society has altered policing that police officers aren't allowed like they they're basically police officers secretly like they can't tell anyone that's what they do and like you saw in like one of the scenes like he had to get authorization to to pull his firearm out of his vehicle yeah and i thought that, that was that was, was a really neat take on it uh but i'm really excited to see this isn't helping because i oh we got <laughs> hbo for game of thrones and then I had never watched Sopranos and it's just something over the years that I'm like, I'm like, I have to watch it. I have to watch it. So we Sopranos had to go. Yeah. And I finished it. Uh, man, like a I have weeks another ago. show to watch on HBO. Uh, well, Band, so Band of brothers is phenomenal. John Adams is one of my favorite yeah. HBO series. John Adams is really good. So I, I stopped HBO, but we had like a couple days left. And then the last day, I think it was Monday or when did when did Watchmen come out? It was Monday. This past week, yeah, yeah or like earlier this week. Yeah, because I logged in, you know, on Apple TV, like HBO Go or something. Yeah, same thing. And I was like, oh, the Watchmen's up there, and I was yes! just that we had like one more I day did, because I, I I honestly thought it was coming in December. Yeah, I, um, I didn't know it was coming up that quick. Yeah. Yes. So I logged in and I saw it like on like the, the front thing. And I was like, oh, and I clicked on it and it's like, renew your subscription. I looked over at my wife. She's like, oh, 
<laughs> fine. And coming up in but, a couple of weeks, yeah. the two new subscription services are coming out too. Yeah, Disney the Plus. The Apple TV Plus and Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah. I'm not I excited about the for... Apple one. I don't nah, know why. I've, I've There's looked a couple at all shows, the shows that look interesting. Yeah, I, but nothing C looks like, interesting. Like which, which one? C with uh, Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're all, they're all like blind. Sure. They're all yeah. blind, but their their new kids are uh, are able to see. Is so no everyone kid. everyone's blind, but they're these two new kids can actually see. It has a very like children of men vibe to me. Like yes, yeah, yeah. Way yeah. I agree. They kind of borrowed some, you know, something. But just before we move on from from Watchmen, there was an actor that showed up in it, and it's. Uh, this guy was like pivotal in movies growing up for me. Uh, he was, it seemed like he was in every movie, like, and it's uh, Louis uh, Gossett Jr. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy a, yeah. from uh, Enemy of Mine. Yeah, yeah. Who went okay, opposite yeah, yeah. of Randy Quaid. Freaking awesome. Iron Eagle. Dude, yeah. I loved it. He, he was in it as like the, one of the fathers. But the one thing with The Watchmen, I, mm-hmm. I can't wrap my head around Rorschach from the movie. Mm-hmm. He was a good guy. Yeah. And he he now I don't understand why these bad guys are wearing his mask, like the Rorschach mask. Like and it, I don't know. I I I'm it, it's gripping me because now there are several questions that I need answered through this season. So well, I will watch this season to find I will out. say that the just based off the first episode that I it seems more fitting to the storyline from the comics and the graphic novels. Than yeah, the I was just gonna ask, are they following like a, a specific thing? Not too T, but but no one does. Um but no, I, I think this this Sadly. series <laughs> yeah. is what it is. Ask Stephen King about his feelings on Stanley Kubrick's adaptation of The Shining. <laughs> it's yeah. not good <laughs> but um but yeah no i i, I think i think the show kind of really fits more to the uh to the written iteration more so now one more nerdum thing that i found out today my wife told me uh we already signed up for disney plus it's yeah we, we, we have two children yeah, we're marvel fans dude the, the shows you that are coming everything. out and in development for it but one, <laughs> oh yeah it, it's, it's a one-stop shop the mandalorian I mean, yeah. everything it's going to be fantastic and that comes out in a couple of weeks but uh one thing that's in production right now hocus pocus 2 is going to come out on disney plus uh with the original hocus pocus people uh, Bet Midler has yeah? already signed okay, on to yeah. it. So I know they made a sequel book. I've read it or I've listened to it on audio. It was terrible. So I'm hoping they don't follow that and they write their own. But I, Hocus Pocus is like a staple in our house around like, oh, yeah. October. For Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that no, we, New England. Dude, it's just, I grew up watching it. it my wife, we, we own it. It's on a DVD, but... God forbid she dig it out. She'd just rather pay two bucks and rent it off Voodoo, you know, <laughs> and have it for five days or whatnot, and then just rent it again. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for me no, growing classic. up, it was uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. Ernest Scared yeah, Stupid Ernest with scared the Miak. Oh, yeah. We were always the Charlie Brown and the, the, the Miak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
That's a true story. No, it is. I I randomly it, remembered it, Ernest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, the only thing I had, uh, the big news that just dropped today, Shroud, another big streamer moving to Mixer. He uh, Personally, I think he made his announcement a little bit classier than Ninja did. Ninja made it like a whole production, but Shroud just tweeted out. He said, same Shroud, new home. Yeah. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. I will reiterate that the this is just competition breeds innovation. So I, it obviously, I mean, he was already making a ton of money on Twitch. So Mixer him, making moves exactly, and uh, good for him. Uh, I, I, you know, wishing the best. He's he's a nice guy. We we um, I know our friend who streamed for us, Uzi Princess, is very close with him. So um, you know, I wish wish him all the best. I know one thing uh, someone mentioned is the the real winner is YouTube video on demand. Why would that be? Just because they're putting all of their um, on demand videos or their highlight clips on YouTube. Oh, gotcha. So rather than people looking at the streams, they're just going to go watch the YouTube videos. Mm. Wait, Mixer is? Well, Mixer or even on Twitch. Like a Dr. Disrespect has oh. someone that takes all of the clips, edits them, and puts them on YouTube. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's why he drives a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for them. You know, and you're right. You know, competition breeds innovation. And uh, I you think know what? from what I hear, Microsoft troops everybody pretty well, too. Yeah. What were you going to say, Dan? I think that the the Shroud move, in my eyes, is way bigger than the Ninja one. Uh, we yeah. were talking about this well, earlier. Um, Ninja, Ninja was his viewership, at least, is kind of on the decline unless he's playing Fortnite. Well, that—that's what I meant. Like Shroud's been like Shroud. You know, he's not on stream today. We talked, and I compared it to like a band. Um, I love Ninja. He's he's a cool dude, but Shroud is kind of like a band, like let's say Metallica or Tool that they're just solidified themselves as like a really good broadcaster, no matter what they're playing, no matter what they're, they're doing, constant people are going to show up. Right. Ninja's great, but I, you know, his arc is very quick up and it'll, I don't want to say it's going to be quick down, but you know, pulling someone like shroud in the long run for mixer is going to go over way longer than I think Ninja will. Ninja's kind of like we talked, I said, Shroud to me is kind of like Tool or Metallica and, you know, Ninja is kind of like a boy band, you know, like maybe an sync <laughs> or something. Like they have their moments of just, right? Yeah. And Ninja's awesome. and he's, he's great. Yeah. But that. But Ninja's been doing have it that for a long power. time. Mm-hmm. He's Ninja's show. been around prior to Twitch. Yeah. When Twitch was just in TV. Yeah. But Shroud has two with way more volume over the years compared to ninja so i think that having someone like shroud is is huge for mixer compared to ninja ninja the move with ninja was definitely like a oh wow this is oh who's mixer this is kind of cool but i think over the next couple months you're going to see a lot of bigger names kind of make that same move for longevity reasons, you know, right. I'm sure they they got some pretty nice contracts to solidify it. And I popped in, he was playing 
he was waiting to play Call of Duty tonight. He had like 65,000 people in there, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the shroud crew will show up, I think, wherever he well, goes, which I will... is a testament to him. And mm-hmm. I, I was saying today too, it like solidifies the value of a streamer, you know, mm-hmm. when you see things like this happen, uh, it makes it a lot more legitimate for other people yeah. that are doing it. Well, speaking of viewership, uh, one thing that happened is when Destiny released Shadowkeep, uh, the viewership just spiked. Yeah. And even through the raid, at one point, Datto had 81,000 people watching him. Yeah. yeah. During the raid. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, but I like uh, Shroud's crazy. content too. But yeah. he's, he's very chill. Like, I like the atmosphere he puts out like where ninja can be kind of animated but mm-hmm. and dado he's usually pretty chill unless he's raging doing <laughs> a uh you know long, world's first you know, raid ra- yeah yeah then you or dado he need he needs a world first eventually <laughs> yeah because otherwise luke smith is not gonna stop razzing him <laughs> <laughs> it will um, breed uh it will breed some cool innovation the only you know the viewers are the ones that are going to benefit from this mm-hmm. back and forth and yeah no i think I, I i think it puts the online streaming community in a better place and like i i did notice like he made the announcement and like 20 minutes later uh i saw a friend of mine on my on my twitter feed like uh, twitch took that check mark away right quick oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, uh, i don't they, being they, petty a little bit <laughs> well i i know it's t- terms of service but there i know there have been other people that made the exclusive move of your mixer and they kind of take their time but i get it he's uh more he's a wider known personality but it's um, neat uh to see like the twitch ecosystem in a sense you know all the subscriptions that shroud had or you know, prime subs, even like Ninja. I just, I think it's neat just to see people like, if you think about it, like having, I don't know, even 20,000 subscriptions into a pool now of others, like it's neat for the people, you know, just growth for other streamers when bigger ones leave, but oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to like cripple Twitch, but it's definitely no, making Mixer, you know, you know, a player. And like I said, adding value. It's, it's exactly, to, exactly what, what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, anybody else have any kind of gaming news before we move on to our character analysis? Uh, not at the moment. The big thing is Call of Duty coming out tonight. So yeah. Watch that blow up on steam on, um, <laughs> on all the twitch and mixer yeah but it's on pc it's released through BattleNet. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay hey you know <laughs> whatever i just deleted <laughs> BattleNet, so if i do install it then i guess i gotta have it huh <laughs> yeah you gotta have BattleNet now <sighs> Awesome. All right. Well, many doc- launchers. well, Dr. Goku, without further ado, take us uh, through Mr. John Wick. So John Wick is such an interesting character. And like I said, the, the franchise is amazing. Uh, so the franchise stars uh, Keanu Reeves, and it was created by Derek Kolstad. 
It was first released in 2014, and three sequels. So two have been released. One has been announced. So John Wick Chapter 2 in 2017, John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum that released this year, and Chapter 4 that was uh, announced that's going to be released in 2021. And the show and another spinoff. It's a huge yeah. franchise now. Yeah, I didn't hear about it's the a, show. What? Yeah, it's uh, about the um, yeah about the Continental. It's like a, a prequel oh, okay. to the the show, to the but movies. Keanu Reeves has signed on to have cameos through it. So as they're telling the story of the Continental and like assassins that are you know as it progresses, you're going to see John Wick coming into the Continental on jobs like he's gonna be present in that universe as it's going on it'll be run by zavala <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely and they also said they possibly t- are tying in it to um a couple other movies like a, a greater uh, universe so the the films have been massively successful grossing over 581 million dollars worldwide so John Wick was born Jordani Jovanovich. Uh, he was an orphan child taken in by the Ruska Roma organization and trained through childhood to become an assassin. John also served in the United States Marine Corps, uh, the 2nd Battalion, 3rd Marine. Uh, following his career in the military, John became a professional hitman. And over the course of his career, John garnered the nickname Baba Yaga, which means the boogeyman. Uh, as he would uh, hunt, haunt, and always get his targets. Uh, he's known to, and it's been alluded to within the, the movie, that he once killed three people with, in a bar with just a pencil. A pencil? <laughs> yeah. Uh, following his illustrious career, John met the love of his life, which led him to retire, uh, which is known to be considerably rare. In order for him to retire, John had to um, was given one final task, to kill all of his bosses, which is Vigo Terrazov's enemies, in one night. Needing help, John made a blood oath with Santino D'Antonio, which led uh, the for manpower, equipment, and the completion of that impossible task. During the next five years, John and his wife were extremely happy, having the life he always wanted. However, when his wife Helen died of cancer, John was left rather distraught and lost. As a dying gift, Helen bought John a puppy, which he named Daisy. One day, Yosef Terezov, Vigo's son, not knowing who John was, assaulted him in his home, killing his dog, and stole his prized 1969 Boss Mustang Mach 1. This event sent John on a path of revenge, where the increasing body count eventually finished with Yosef and Vigo. The first movie finished with John rescuing another dog from an animal shelter. The second movie picks up not long after the first one where John receives, uh, retrieves his car from Abram 
Tarazov. When John tries to return to retirement, Santino asks John to complete a, his blood oath and wants John to assassinate his sister, Gianna. This would enable Santino to gain his seat at the high table. Reluctantly, John complete, um, reluctantly completing the task, John now has uh, received a $7 million bounty on his head placed by Santino. This leads John to ask for help from the Bowery King, which is Lawrence Fishburne, and the reunite, uh, reuniting of Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne's from The Matrix. He provides John with a gun and seven bullets. John hunts Santino to the Continental, the Assassin's Hotel, and a safe ground where no killings or business can be made on the grounds. Disregarding this, John kills Santino, which leads John to be excommunicado and having now a $14 million bounty on his head. The third movie picks up 10 minutes after the second, where we see John running as he's a marked man and time uh, from his one hour head start is running out. Mm -hmm. This leads John to return to uh, the director with a token of safe passage to Casablanca, Morocco, which John, with John's antics, an adjudicator is sent to restore order to the Guild of Assassins, all the while sending assassins to hunt and kill John. John is looking for the elder, which is the only person above the high table, and uh, to have his bounty waived. He enlists the help of Sophia, as she owes him a blood oath also. After the journey through the desert, John meets the elder, which he accepts to remove his bounty in condition that John assassinates Winston, the manager of the Continental and John's friend, uh, and serve the high table until his death. To show his commitment, John is asked to sever his ring finger giving his wedding ring to the elder as a sign of gratitude. Once back in New York, John now refuses to kill Winston in order to preserve his wife's memory of him. As such, it leads to a war with the adjudicator and the assassins. Following John killing almost all of who attacked him and the hotel, Winston and the adjudicator are in parley. John is shot by Winston and falls off the roof of the Continental, where his body now disappeared. John is taken to the Bowery Man, who both are pissed and want to rage war against the High Table. Over the course of these three movies, John's reported uh, kill count exceeds classic horror movie, movie villains <laughs> like Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers, with a total of 306 and counting. Jeez. <laughs> Given the increasing body count and bloodshed, one could easily see John Wick as a dangerous psychopath, but this would not be an appropriate understanding of the, indiv of the individual. With regards to psychopathy, people tend to uh, look at someone that is very, uh, that has very little empathy or remorse for individuals which is not really the case for John Wick. 
on multiple occasions, we see John show remorse towards individuals that he believes do not deserve to die. We can also see John have more connections and empathy with people he cares for. These people include people close to him like Helen, Winston, and many others. Even more with his dogs, Daisy, and his now second dog, Dog. <laughs> yeah, the second mm-hmm. dog's name is Dog. <laughs> <laughs> While the behavior conducted through the movies, um, we could look at anti-personal, uh, dis- anti-social personality disorder would be another diagnosis that could be considered. John does meet the diagnostic criteria for it as like failure to conform for social norms with respect to lawful behaviors, reckless disregard for safety of others or self, uh, lack of remorse, and a few others. However, due to the situations presented to John, certainly in the movies, uh, these behaviors do make more sense in terms of a survival instinct and self-preservation. John Wick is a very endearing character, as many people, people see his focus, commitment, and sheer will traits that they would want to replicate. While he does do rather violent things, he has a very rigid view on morality and compassion. The character is more than just the carnage that he's known for. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's a very interesting character. <clears throat> Yeah, you and have the, to the watch movies them. are visually amazing. Um, question. Sure. If it's a silly question. So if you had the opportunity to observe John Wick having a beer or a drink with another Keanu Reeves character, which character would you want that to be? That's a serious question? It's a serious question. Hmm. Probably Neo. Yeah, Neo would be an interesting one. Because there are a lot of parallels. <laughs> they wouldn't to talk John too much. Wick. They'd just be like... There's a lot of parallels. It'd be boring. Uh, other um, Keanu Reeves character. So within the movies, he re- references a line of the Matrix where I need guns. Lots yeah. of guns. Oh. Does he? But there's also the uh, Bill and Ted O mm-hmm. quote. So every time they speak of John Wick, the character is going to go O oh, in terms of awe and, and terror. Constantine was a good one too. Great Jedi. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, I'll one. tell you the movie, movie. movies I loved him the most in was uh, Devil's Advocate. Uh, oh, that was a really good one too. See, that's the only... the bring back to the matrix i think that might be the only person that could possibly take down john wick is neo maybe maybe it's a hard maybe (laughs) but what's like like, joe had mentioned what's interesting with john wick and keanu playing the role is the amount of training that keanu reeves keanu reeves did to play the role even before it was like blown up like he was oh, yeah. dedicated he, to it. He's extremely dedicated and doing all of his own stunts and having these long sweeping shots rather than them all cut up into small pieces. 
Yeah, it's from an action movie standpoint, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as like, like yeah. you said before, gun porn or even just how <laughs> like a like a action sequence would play out. They're they're really really interesting and well thought out. And and they're not as over the top as a lot of action movies are. The way that he moves are all rooted in the way like SWAT teams or um, professionals would handle themselves. Yeah. Because there's three John Wick movies, right? Yep. And the fourth one's coming up in 2021. Jeez. So awesome. you have a ways to, to watch the, uh, the three one, the three before the fourth one. If you like Watchmen, you're going to like John Wick. <laughs> right on. I have a um, feeling you dig it. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else on this character, Dr. Goku? No. Uh, if people haven't watched it, go watch it. <laughs> right on. Um, well, that kind of wraps us up uh, for this episode. Um, Dr. Goku, thank you for doing the research and um, the summary of John Wick. Uh Dan, dude, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thank it has you guys. been a blast. Open, open invitation. Anytime you want to come on, <laughs> let myself or Joe know. We will, we will fit you in. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I enjoy we got to get you and Lady Desiree at the same time. That's what. Oh, she's do. yeah. Um, she, she was, she was instrumental in the very first charity stream that Joe and I hooked up with was for extra life. Yeah. Benefiting children's healthcare of Atlanta and the Stollery children's hospital in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And uh, lady Desiree was one of the um, high profile people in the Desi community that was very instrumental in getting the word out for us. Uh, she didn't stream as part of it, but she, she helped promote it a lot and uh, was able to make that one. A, uh, a success so um, yeah i, I have would love a, to get her and you in here at the same time i have a silly story about her really quick uh i had you know heard her on podcast. i know no <laughs> it's just funny like before i got into streaming or anything like i was a big destiny fan so i was listening to all the podcasts and i knew like i said you just in this, in this community you just know people's names if you don't know what they look like or you just know if they're good or a decent person by what they tweet about or, you know, what they're saying and stuff. So I, I thought she was great. She had released like some destiny stuff and at the destiny Two reveal in LA, I didn't go to the actual event, but they all kind of got together at bars at night. And, uh, a couple friends were, you know, they're like, yeah, just come on out. It'll be really fun. So hanging out there, no one knew who I was. I was this weird dude in a beanie, um what a shot i saw her like walking like away from the bar she was like probably trying to go back to her hotel or room or whatever and i was like look at desiree and i'm like running at her and she's like hi (laughs) (laughs) i need need an adult yeah and she i just like she's probably like who's this crazy person and then over the years just just getting to know her she's she's a pretty awesome person yeah so well great so we're just gonna count on you to facilitate that (laughs) (laughs) like seeing her at at conventions and stuff (laughs) throughout the years it's it's always a pleasure to see her so that that is that's awesome but uh again uh our absolute pleasure um we can't wait to have you on again yeah Um, it was fun thank you guys for having me for real and all that you do and all the time off 
the stream like fantastic and uh joe am i wrong but dan's gonna be on our november 16th stream is that right I'm we're, we're chatting about it. We're gonna, yeah, we're we're talking. Well, I'm putting you on the spot, day so you're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually like he asked him, like, "Well, it's my birthday, but I'm yeah. If if we did it, it'd be earlier. Yeah, I just have to make sure, like, I don't have like check with wow. with the family. How cold is he to just do that? You better edit that out. I'm telling you, that's hard. <laughs> I'm no, make no, it, I'm I would make love to the, do it. No, I'm gonna make it the opener before the music. Plays. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No, I'm 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 99% sure it'll work out. So, so yeah. Awesome. Well, again, that's coming you. up too, huh? Like yeah, a couple weeks. weeks. Um, yeah. but again, thank you so much for for being here. Um, but um, but before we get our boring stuff out of the way, uh, Dan, wh- where can people find you on the internet? Uh, your your Twitter, your website, and your uh, streaming link. Yeah, everything just Dan Drumstone. Website, uh, dandrumstone.com, and Twitch, Dan Drumstone, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I don't don't go to Facebook. I have one, but I haven't logged in in like <laughs> two years. <laughs> just, just, just ask Joe's opinion on I, Facebook. I get all these messages uh, and like notifications from Facebook, and I'm like, oh, God. i'll be honest like i i i have a i mean we have ours for the nonprofit, yeah but i also have one for my very small streaming community and literally the only thing that's on there is the instagram link instagram yeah yeah oh yeah there activity that that way facebook can't close it (laughs) yeah because like we all have like our aunts and grandmas on there and stuff so like i'll get together and my aunt's like you never respond to my facebook posts i'm like i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry i i I left it with 2004 yeah yeah (laughs) awesome um great and for us here you can find us everywhere twitter twitch uh instagram facebook um everything just at guardians mh we our website is now guardiansmh.org um you can uh if you want to subscribe and um contribute to our mental health programs uh go to patreon.com slash guardians of h um and we have an awesome community discord that's uh pinned on our twitter it's also there's links on our website as well uh listen to us on itunes podbean spotify anywhere within our rss feed uh you'll be able to find us just search uh guardians mh podcast uh dr goku where, where can people find you on the internet people can find me everywhere at ssj5 goku 28 Awesome. And Brother Joe. You can find me on Twitter at uh, AverageJoe227. Yep, I'm that guy who has numbers after his name still. How uh, many uh, in, in, How many discords are you in your, right now? I cut it down. It's only uh, 4,732 now. I just Holy crap. He's being sarcastic. <laughs> thing. Uh, I was <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> but he's in a lot. Um, fantastic. Um Dave, uh, you can catch him anywhere. Uh, Hatchy Dave, including um, I like helicopters at goboom.com. Um, just kidding. Um, it's a new one. It's I uh, out of my rear. Um, you can find me just everywhere. Uh, just search Sentinel Dad, extra D on the end on Twitter. And again, thank you all for um, joining us this week, and we will catch you next time. See you later. Bye, Bye. everyone.